You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,276, and this is our 1,589th interview. We've been on the air since March of 2009, and we're the longest-running business podcast in Orange County, California. Do you know how much litter is made up solely of cigarette butts? Well, stay tuned. You're going to find out. When Ken Beckstead realized the shocking percentage, he saw an opportunity to make a change. By developing butts-only box receptacles and founding the Butts to Watts program, Ken has been able to reduce litter and landfill waste, as well as create renewable energy. That's why I've invited Ken to come on our show to share his exciting entrepreneurial story. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show podcast or the business mentoring that I do for business owners and entrepreneurs, please visit my website, Critical Mass for forbusiness.com. Ken, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me here. So I found this guy on LinkedIn. His name of his company intrigued me. We got to know each other. I invited him to come down and spend the next 20 minutes talking about his entrepreneurial journey. So let's kick this off. Tell us, what niche do you serve, Ken? Well, I was doing construction pollution prevention, and I found that cigarettes were the number one littered item in the world. Doing a little more research, I found that 34% of the trash that Caltrans deals with is cigarette waste. Actually, that shocked me. I did not know that. I've seen a lot of cigarette butts on the side of the road, but I didn't know that the mass and amount of numbers. In 1998 alone, we discarded 170 million pounds of cigarette waste. That's quite a lot of cigarette butts. Yeah, so I opened the show with the T saying, do you know a percentage? And you told us the number right out of the gate, 34%. That's a huge amount. I was shocked to hear it. My producer was shocked to hear it. I would imagine most people don't realize it's that high. And how did you find that out? Well, actually, uh, one of the professors I studied under, his wife did a Caltrans litter study. And in that study, they broke down litter by storm drains, by street sweepers, by uh, inlet grates, everything combined. And overall, 34% by count of all the trash was cigarette butts. And it was actually almost triple of glass and aluminum. And you think of all the glass and aluminum on the side of the road, we're triple that with cigarette butts. It adds up because they're so small. We just don't see them. Right. And... So when did you get the urge to start your company? I was doing pollution prevention actually through the middle of a river. So I was learning a lot about the Clean Water Act and how to prevent pollution. And once I studied more, I found that nobody was actually doing anything about the number one littered item in the world. So I started an invention to actually place a big freeway off-ramp so we can actually put cigarettes in a receptacle at freeway off-ramps to stop fires. How many fires do we have every year that are costly? Each fire now is a billion dollars, and let alone the loss of life, animals, plants, fish, birds, animals. We can't rebuild these things in one, two, three, or five years. Once these watersheds burn, they're done for 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. So what year did you start Butts Only Box? I started this. Actually, I invented it back in 2001. I put out my first boxes in 2006. and 2011, we did a pilot program with Caltrans to put out 11 rest areas worth of boxes, including the Golden Gate Bridge. And that first year, we collected over a million cigarette butts the first year. 
Caltrans expanded the program to 45 more rest areas, and then I did a potential test to see how much energy was a cigarette butts, and I found out cigarette butts have the same exact energy potential as lignite coal. So 24 cigarette butts will charge your cell phone for an hour. And we're going to talk about that program in a minute. I, I, I just want people to understand. So how hard is it? How hard was it for you as an entrepreneur to get Caltrans to approve you and to work with you? Because they're a big organization, a bureaucracy. What was that like, Ken? The, you know what? That's a great question. And the answer to that is I had to go east for funding. I went all the way to Connecticut for funding. I couldn't have gone much farther. I would have been in the Atlantic Ocean. Right. I got funding by Keep America Beautiful, and they are actually funded by two tobacco companies. So the two tobacco companies is actually how this all started. Wow. This is how it bloomed from there. They actually funded it, and we did a pilot program. We proved effectiveness, and, and then Caltrans picked it up and expanded it. So I should probably mention the thing that the people who might be watching us live on YouTube are going to be seeing this video later. You see this large orange box right here in front of us. What am I looking at, and what are they seeing here, Ken? That's the Butts Only Box. So the Butts Only Box was designed with stormwater pollution prevention in mind. So like, let's just go to Las Vegas Valley, for instance. If you drop a cigarette butt in Las Vegas, it goes into the storm drains. The storm drains lead unfiltered to Lake Las Vegas. Lake Las Vegas leads to Lake Mead and becomes the drinking water for literally millions of people in three states. So this box is designed to keep the litter out of our stormwater conveyance systems until collection. Okay, and so this is a pretty small box. I've seen on your website that you have much larger boxes as well. So how many different versions of this butts-only box do you have? Well, this box that you see here is for transition points. So if somebody's getting off of a, a motorcycle and getting onto a bus or something like that, we're changing modes of transportation. We call it transition points. So anywhere where we have a bus station, a train station, you're going to have a, a conglomeration of cigarette butts. That's, this is designed for the smoker on foot. So when we go to the larger model, that is actually designed for freeway off-ramps or on-ramps or entrances to national parks where we want to prevent fires. That's what I envision as Yellowstone and Yosemite having a big yellow box at the entrance so people know there's a cigarette litter prevention program in place. This is prone to fires, and you can actually do something about it just by putting your cigarette in a properly installed and close box. We did a study, and we found out that people will not walk past 30 feet to do the right thing. So when we installed all these boxes at Caltrans rest areas, we made them within 30 feet of the path of the rest areas, of the restrooms, of the vending machines, of the dog walking areas, and every other amenity that somebody would use at the rest area so we have good participation. And we found out up to 60% reduction of cigarette waste on the ground by putting these receptacles out. So by, by understanding human nature and making it easy for people to use your butts only box, you found a significant reduction of the litter that you to be caused by cigarette butts. Absolutely. So the East Bay Regional Parks up in uh, San Francisco Bay put out three boxes. In one month, they had a two-thirds reduction of cigarette waste. They actually counted the cigarette waste in the boxes and in the parking lot and found out just by putting out the boxes with no education, no signage, they had a two-thirds reduction just by putting out easy-to-use receptacles. Right, but these boxes, not only this one, which for those of you that are listening to the stream or a podcast, you can't see it. This one is pretty bright orange. So this does get noticed, right? And the other, your other boxes seem to have colorful displays as well to call attention to them, I believe. Exactly right. We, we do contrasting colors so we can draw people to them. Right. And Caltrans color is orange, so that's a safety orange. Okay. So, so we, do it, we do it in Caltrans. The big yellow roadside ones we do in yellow, of course, because it's on the side of the road. Because that's another safety factor. Mm -hmm. But they're all ADA compliant. 
They all have secondary containment, so they don't let any toxic materials out. So this is designed to shield against rain and irrigation. So if it rains, it doesn't leach the toxic chemicals into our waterways. We have visible pollution, and we have non-visible pollution. This stops both. How long did it take you to, I, I read that you learned how to do welding because the first boxes you made. And so I mean, how long did it per- take you to perfect your butts-only box? You know what? All it takes is a spark. And when I was taking my class at San Diego State University, I told my professor I had an idea. And he said, make a cardboard cutout. I'll help you. I literally went home that night, got some cardstock, and started folding this design. <laughs> then I went and bought a welder at Harbor Freight and started teaching myself how to weld. And then I had to get the AutoCAD program to start doing my patent drawings. So I have learned a lot along this process. Right. So these these designs are patented. Yes, that's patented. Okay. Yes. So to protect your business, you've created a patent around yes, the box. It's, yes, it's patented. It's trademarked. Absolutely. Okay. So l- let's rewind back, though, because I'm not sure I got the answer I was looking for. How long did it take you to get Caltran- Caltrans to pay attention to you? That is a great question. So what I did is I got a patent, and then I went to Caltrans to se- seek approval. They say it's three to six years to get approval, and you don't get a second chance. If you don't get it, you don't get to contest it, anything. That's what I mean entrepreneurs, that's what you're dealing with, or you're dealing with a government bureaucracy or any bureaucracy. It's, it's not encouraging to hear three to six years after you just went to three years of a patent process, right? right? So right. you're going, boy, what's well, one hurdle, now I just got another one. I got a note back in two and a half months saying I was approved. I actually called the lady at Caltrans and said, how do we achieve this when it's three to six years she says nobody's ever put an ashtray on the side of the road before you you caught us off guard that's the fastest approval i think i've ever seen in caltrans history so to me that tells me i'm on to something okay so let's talk about being on to something i understand working with the government and help having them enable you are you working with private enterprise absolutely so i have uh, the largest music company in the world right now is using this program. There's other companies using it, but I want to use the San Jose Airport as my model. The San Jose Airport saw this on ABC News because Caltrans did a story on ABC News. They adopted it at the airport literally within a week. They have already recovered over a megawatt of energy from cigarette butts that they would have thrown in a landfill and been buried there forever. So are you saying from an entrepreneurial perspective you were able to get some free media, earned media coverage, to which decision makers at the airport saw the, saw the segment and contacted you and wanted to engage you right away? It's even better. One of the maintenance guys at the airport was watching the news, and he told his boss about it. So, yeah, all it takes is one champion. Okay, That's so, all it literally so takes. So getting the word out, you never know who might be watching or listening to different... The guy on the broom is literally the guy who got the program into the airport because he realized, uh, uh, that's going to help me save time and okay. do a better, efficient job. I, I would think as corporate America has pushed smokers outside to smoke in confined areas that your idea of a butts-only box is really convenient then because they're sort of in a focused area where they're smoking together. Is that true? I mean, the, the, you, you hit it right on the head. So let's talk LA Metro with 14,000 bus stops, and they have people that maintain the bus stops. Okay, if they're picking up cigarette butts uh, for 20, 30 minutes a bus stop, or they're emptying a box in 10 seconds and being on their way, how many more bus stops can they maintain? How much less exposure time to traffic and all the you know, carbon monoxide and all that stuff for the worker? So this doesn't, doesn't go just for stormwater pollution prevention. It goes landfill diversion, worker safety. It has a lot of benefits to it. And, of course, renewable energy at the end of the day. 
Did you ever imagine you would know this much about cigarette butts? I think I'm cursed. It's not a blessing. It's more of a curse. And basically everybody I talk to about this program thanks me for seeing cigarette butts everywhere they walk, including my own mom. Right. So what is your revenue model, Ken? What, what is the business model underneath this, this noble cause that you're doing? Well, the thing is we're taking a renewable energy source out of the environment and we're making energy. It has a lot of potential. For one, we're keeping properties clean. That's worth something. For two, we're doing landfill diversion. California has a landfill diversion requirement right now of 75%. Okay, so now I can take these cigarette butts, divert them from the landfill, and make energy. And so, like right now, I want to make products for Caltrans, like K-rails or parking blocks, out of the cigarette ash. And we can actually make concrete because the fly ash is a sought-after commodity. Okay. So after we're done making the energy with the cigarette butts, the ash can be used as a construction material. Okay, but I'm going to circle back. How do you... How, as an entrepreneur, how does this make financial sense for you? So what I do is I actually have a scheduled basis, uh, quarterly, monthly, whatever it is, and I actually go take the cigarette butt barrels, exchange the cigarette butt barrels for empties, and I provide statements of how much weight is coming out of the environment and how much energy we're putting back on the grid. Because okay. California is in a great energy deficit right now. Okay, but you're not getting paid for that. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm getting paid for that. Through the Butts to Watts program? Yes, I am. Okay, so maybe now it's time to talk about Butts to Watts program. What is the Butts to Watts program? Butts to Watts program is real simple. We recognize the number one litter diet in the world is just being thrown away. Now it's actually an energy source. So the only analogy I can throw at you is lignite coal. Would you mine lignite coal and go through all the uh, trouble of shipping it across the country and just throw it in a landfill? Because that's basically what we're doing with the cigarette butt energy. We're, we're f growing tobacco. We're packaging it. We're shipping it across the country to all these places. At the end of the day, we should make a renewable product out of this energy because we need it. And number two, the tobacco farmer. They're actually, their end product is actually a renewable energy source now. Hmm. So who buys the butts from you in the Butts to Watts program? The, actually, the Covanta plants in California actually consider this a high-yield material. I am actually helping them fuel their plant. So normally they average about 4,000 BTUs per pound with palm fronds and cardboard. I come in at almost 8,000 BTUs per pound, and they literally get to turn off the natural gas at their plant and fuel their plant with my cigarette butts. And who is that? That's Covanta. I don't know that name. That's actually uh, an energy company that runs two waste energy facilities in California. Oh, okay. So you have an agreement with them where you're bringing them product that they're burning. Absolutely, and they're putting it right back on the grid. Exactly. Okay. And this is an amazingly efficient burning source, it sounds like. It's energy rich. It's uh, the Caltrans, after they vetted it, they turned to me and said, why didn't we know about it? I said, it's been there for 30 years. You just have to turn right when you're on the freeway and look at it. It's been right there the whole they time. They didn't know where this Covanta they, they, plant was. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we have these. Okay. And what is it about the cigarette butts that make them so energy rich? The material? Well, the tobacco remnant itself, as you burn it down, it actually concentrates the tar and nicotine. And there's actually 2,000 chemicals that they can legally add to uh, tobacco, which is really scary, okay? So, and the thing, the scariest thing is, is what other chemical compounds do they form once they're burnt, right? right? Right. So that's what I try to get to, is the pollution prevention to where we don't have to worry about that going in the environment. We just get it out of the environment, right out of the smoker's hand, right? Because birds will nest with cigarette filters. Underage smokers will come up and pick up cigarette butts that are long enough to smoke. Homeless people will go to an open-top ashtray and pick out every cigarette butt, 
break them apart, roll new cigarettes, and wherever they're sitting, they will throw all the old filters. So down in San Diego, in the riverbed, we would have piles and piles of cigarette filters where the homeless would break apart cigarettes, roll new ones, and just discard all the filters in one spot in a riverbed that basically washed right into the ocean. Right. And we wonder where all the ocean pollution comes from. Right. Yep. Yeah, this is... I don't think people appreciate the the magnitude of the problem with cigarette butts. So you... You, you're here in Southern California. You've been working extensively with California, the largest state in the union. What What is your vision for Beyond California? Do you have one? Uh, right now, I have the Sands Expo in Las Vegas. Uh, I want to get the whole strip in Vegas. I want to turn the strip into the power strip. If you look at the amount of cigarette butts every day that those guys are putting out, it's silly. And two point, let's see, 19... Okay, 2012, they put 2.3 billion cigarette butts out in Marlboro, just one company in that valley. That is basically, surface-wise, just the cigarette filters with the butts uh, alone. That's 80 football fields worth of cigarette butts that were sold in just the Las Vegas Valley in one year. Wow. So if you say, okay, 80% of the cigarette butts are improperly discarded, how much of that went to Lake Mead and became our drinking water? These are the numbers that scare me. Mm -hmm. These are the numbers that I want to do something about. So so when you talk to people about this, are people out there trying to help you to get in touch with others who could use your business and grow your entrepreneurial business? Because at the end of the day, this is a profit and loss business that you're running here. You're doing good work for the environment, but you're also creating a scalable business, right? Well, it's people like you who get the word out there. Okay, so when I'm actually out there installing these receptacles and the signage, I will literally have people putting the cigarette butts in the box before it's on the post, and I will have them turn to the other smoker and say, make sure you put that butt in there. He's making energy out of this so that the public gets involved and they start telling each other to use it. So I think if you just do the right thing and give somebody a conveniently placed receptacle, they will do the right thing. Right, and you're doing time studies and behavioral studies to figure out that we did exactly. We spent as much money on the pilot program studying humans yes. as we did putting out the box to see where to put them, how to put them, and when to put them. Right. So, what's the next rev of the company? I mean, you're 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 running hard. You're getting people interested. You're putting out boxes. You're making money off the off the butts that you're bringing back through the butts the watts program what's next uh, i just got approved for my class at the tri-state convention in august 11th through 13th so i will be teaching at the south point casino and i will be teaching water professionals from california arizona and nevada about this program so the goal is to get california arizona and nevada to protect our water but to move east the nevada dot actually uses this program to protect a watershed that many of the settlers used to use while coming across going to the donner summit there's about 400 miles of alkaline water going through utah that was really hard on their animals so when they got to the Truckee river they would replenish their barrels and get their animals healthy the lincoln highway association asked the nevada dot how they could protect this watershed so they actually put out the boxes at the rest areas along that river to protect that watershed for future generations as it was protected for us for 400 years so what is the link tell me again the link between cigarette butts and the watershed okay we have from the tip of any mountain basically to the ocean that is your watershed from the colorado rockies right the, Mm -hmm. the continental divide to a Pacific Ocean, that is a watershed. So anything that falls in that watershed basically leads to the ocean. Now, sometimes, like where I live in the Antelope Valley, it's a valley. It percolates. It doesn't run off. So anything that goes in the storm drains goes to detention and infiltration basins, and it's going back into our stormwater. That's what I'm trying to do is, like the Antelope Valley Transit Authority, they have electric buses. Let's power their electric buses with the cigarette butts that we collect at the bus stops. We're just closing circles. That's all we're doing. Right. Wow. 
This is a what you didn't go get into this though, thinking these things were a good fuel source. You got into this thinking we need to collect these butts and get them off the streets. I just right? hated cigarette litter, and then uh, Caltrans forced me into the Butts to Watts program by saying we don't want them in a landfill anymore. And now we're making energy. If you can charge your cell phone with twenty four cigarette butts, how many phones can we charge in Las Vegas with those cigarette butts uh, in one day? Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. This is I'll, like a social movement on in, in some ways. You know what I mean? There, there's a there's a there's a cause behind what you're doing. Ken. My dream is to have a Tesla rally at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway and have the cigarette butt 500, and it's all powered on cigarette waste. That's my goal. <laughs> We're almost out of time, but do you want to talk a little bit about the work you're doing with San Jose Airport relative to planes? <laughs> There's some other energy sources that we're looking at, and I think we'll save that for our next meeting. But let me tell you, there's some exciting stuff coming from the airports. And with the landfill diversion numbers that we have, we're going to have some really exciting things coming out of things that you wouldn't even imagine. So cigarette butts will start us off, but we'll save that for the next meeting. One thing leads to another, right, as an entrepreneur, right? You you just keep doing and learning and seeing opportunities. Let's put it to you this way. The San Jose Airport was so happy with the cigarette butts, they're throwing other materials at me. And actually, I'm just... Destroying flags. We can actually burn flags at the waste energy facility. So dead flags, we can actually get rid of the dead flags legally because mm-hmm. you can't bury a dead flag. You, so mean, the, you mean an American flag? That's absolutely right. Okay. So so actually the Butts to Watts program turned into flags, okay. flag disposal, certified flag disposal. You don't know what tomorrow brings. Right. And so, that's the best part. You wake up, check your emails. You don't know who's going to be there. So if you're out there and, you, and you've and you caught the fire, ha, 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 and the bug about Butts to Watts or the Butts Only Box, and you'd like to learn more about what Ken and his team are doing, how do they find you online, Ken? I My website is buttsonlybox.com. And I spell have that b u t t s o n l y b o x dot com, all one word. Very important. Buttsonlybox.com. How did you come up with the name? I came up with that because I saw a lot of old military movies where they actually in the barracks they'd let you smoke, and in the barracks they had Jeez. coffee cans painted red, and it would say butts only. So all I did is make a box, put the butts only, and put the box on it. So people. If you can't figure out what the box is for, you probably shouldn't be outside. Mm-hmm. And how long did it take you to get the patent for the box? That took about three years. Okay. And I had a great patent attorney who worked, and that's what I want to tell you guys. Uh, 99% of patents are rejected right off the bat. It's you going back and fighting all those claims, so don't give up on your patent. They're always going to... Uh, I was fighting a patent from 1912 from like a lamp. It didn't even, it wasn't even close to what I was doing. Okay. So as soon as my lawyer got a hold of that and says, what are they doing? So they will absolutely deny your claims. I had what, 49 out of 51 claims denied. And we went back and fought it and we got it all handled. So do not give up. They love denying patents and let people go on their way. Do not give up. Do you enjoy what you're doing? I absolutely love it, but I still want to go teach pottery when I'm done with this. Okay, well, that'll come next. All right, well, Ken, thank you for being a friend of the program, a part of the Critical Mass community. This is an exciting business you're building here. I'm glad you could find the time to come down and talk to us. Can't thank you enough. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'd like to also thank our engineer, none other than Paul Roberts, and our three producers without whom I could not do this show each and every week. They are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and our newest producer, Vanessa Holland who's here in the studio. If you want to learn more and connect with me, let's say let's do it on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's it. I'm Richard Franzi. That's how I met Ken on LinkedIn. So it works. F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. Focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. 
with your host, Richard Franzi. 